Hi friends, welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. This is episode 58, and today we are talking about intermittent fasting. It has been a buzz phrase trend in the health and wellness industry for a while, and there are wildly differing opinions and perspectives on it. Maybe you've tried it. Maybe you've wondered if you should try it. Some people love it, some people hate it. And in today's episode, I want to look at exactly what intermittent fasting is and what are the ways that it can be helpful, as well as some ways that it can be harmful and who it might not be beneficial for. I'm also going to throw my own opinion into the mix and share why I have not personally adopted this practice for myself. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. I think it will be helpful. Let's get into it. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Intermittent fasting is a term used to describe a certain approach to eating that includes abstaining from food for short periods of time. Time-restricted eating is the most common method of intermittent fasting, and for this type of intermittent fasting, you eat during a shortened window of time during the day, which extends the amount of time that you're fasting and not eating overnight. This can be anywhere from a 12-hour fast to a 16 to 18, maybe even 20-hour fast, depending on different methods, and it often includes skipping a meal, either breakfast or dinner. You can choose to eat three meals while doing this method, but they're going to be much closer together since they're in such a short eating window. So if you were to do a quick Google search on intermittent fasting or type it into the search bar on Pinterest, you would find tons and tons of articles going over the health benefits from intermittent fasting. And it can be helpful with many different things. For example, it can help with weight loss. It can help with your body burning fat for energy instead of glucose. It can help to lower insulin levels. It can sometimes improve insulin sensitivity. It can be beneficial for cognitive ability and clearer thinking. It can also be supportive of the circadian rhythm and lead to better sleep. Sounds amazing, right? Well, before you decide to skip breakfast forever, let's also look at some of the ways intermittent fasting can be harmful. So while it's true that some people do well with intermittent fasting, it's also true that other people do not, particularly women. Fasting, while possibly having short-term benefits, can also lead to long-term ramifications. Intermittent fasting leads to higher amounts of cortisol to be produced in the body. And while that can be good short-term, like for example, in exercise, it can also lead to long-term inflammation, just also like working out too much, too often, too hard. It can do a similar thing and have a similar effect. The spike in stress hormones also causes our bodies to feel unsafe. And our bodies thrive and function their best when they feel safe. 
And food is a signal of safety to our bodies. That's the way we're wired. So when we go longer amounts of time or even days without eating, that can signal to our bodies that something is wrong and we aren't safe enough to eat. Again, this can lead to chronic inflammation in the long term, which is the exact opposite of what we're actually trying to achieve. For this reason, intermittent fasting can have negative effects on women's hormone health and fertility in the long term. When a woman's body does not feel safe, having a well-functioning reproductive system is not very high on the list of priorities. Some studies have even shown that by simply extending the fasting window to like 14 or 16 hours, which are pretty common in intermittent fasting, or even quickly reducing the amount of food that someone's taking in during the day, the body can start to shut down some of the communication between the brain and the reproductive system. Also, while some say intermittent fasting can help with insulin resistance, as I just mentioned in the section about how it's helpful, the flip side to that is that it can also, in the long term, lead to blood sugar dysregulation. An increase in stress hormones can lower insulin levels, but they also increase blood sugar or glucose levels. Insulin is the hormone that allows our body to use up the glucose or blood sugar. So having an increase in glucose while also having a decrease in insulin from the stress hormones can lead to having higher blood sugar levels overall, which again is the opposite of what we're wanting. The other issue is that sometimes with intermittent fasting, Because you're eating your meals closer together and in a shorter window of time, this can sometimes lead to not having enough space in between meals for proper digestion and good gut health. In a healthy gut, the migrating motor complex, or the MMC, which is sometimes called the housekeeper of the gut, sweeps through the small intestine, moving any food or waste into the large intestine for further digestion. And that happens about every 90 minutes. You can think of it as our gut's cleanup group. But the problem is that any eating or even drinking of anything that has calories, so even a cup of coffee, can interrupt that process. Now, ideally, we would be spacing our meals apart about every four hours, which would allow a great amount of time for that to happen, for the cleanup crew to come in, and and everything to get where it needs to go. However, if you're trying to cram three meals into an eight-hour or shorter eating window, this becomes very difficult to do. So when the MMC can't operate as it should, It creates an environment for dysbiosis, or in even some cases, SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and then just kind of overall poor gut health. So as you can see, there are both pros and cons to intermittent fasting. So that leads me into why I have chosen to not practice structured intermittent fasting in my own life. As a woman who has an inflammatory condition and inflammatory hormonal condition at that, the risks outweigh the possible benefits for me. I also don't recommend it to most of my clients 
because most of them are women and most of them are dealing with underlying chronic inflammation or gut issues or hormonal imbalances or all three. Also, an interesting note, an ISSA article states that most of the studies done on intermittent fasting have actually been done on men. It states that one out of 71 studies found in Harvard's database for intermittent fasting, out of 71 of those, only 13 include women at all. And beyond that, absolutely none, zero, of the controlled studies focus on the female population in general. There are no controlled studies that allow us to draw intelligent conclusions about how intermittent fasting affects the female population. That article then goes on to say that women are less likely to lose weight or experience positive health benefits from intermittent fasting and actually seem to experience the best health when they maintain an unchanging flow of nutrient intake throughout the day. So going back to the idea of safety of your body knowing that it can expect food regularly throughout the day when you're awake. And that is what I recommend to my clients and what I implement in my own life. I think a 12-12 model can work really well for most women. So that's a 12-hour eating window and a 12-hour fasting window at night. That pretty much follows our natural circadian rhythms of eating. So eating while it's daylight outside, not eating when it's dark. And I advise my clients to eat a balanced meal that includes carbohydrates, fiber, protein, and fat within an hour of waking up. And then ideally eating that same kind of balanced uh, meals of the fiber, protein, and fat every four hours throughout the day. I also think it's really important to listen to your body and follow your body's hunger cues. It's again, going back to making your body feel safe. And when you restrict food, it will likely have the opposite effect. And at the end of the day, remember that food is nourishment and fuel for the body. It is not something to restrict and or reward yourself with. So that is just a very quick overview and summary of what intermittent fasting is, what some of the potential benefits as well as some of the potential risks are with it. It definitely seems that it is more beneficial for men than for women, especially women of childbearing years, women who are trying to preserve and improve their fertility, that intermittent fasting may not be the best idea for them, at least during that time. And hopefully more research will be done in it. More research done specifically on women uh, will hopefully be done with it in the future and we can know more and go from there. But that is a very very quick summary of my thoughts about intermittent fasting. If you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know by leaving a five-star rating and review. And if you have a specific question, drop it in the comments below this episode and make sure that you're subscribed so that you'll always know when new episodes are released. That does it for me today, friends. Thanks for spending some of your day here with me. 
keep moving forward, go love your people well, and I'll talk to you next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.